Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. My name, your name, Carolyn Barnett. Carolyn just got through having a major crisis. Yeah, I just tried to take a sip of tea and then it just spilled everywhere. So um, I hope this is not an indicator of how <laughs> the day is going to go. Um, do we have anything to clean that up with? So hopefully listeners can um, appreciate my uh, vulnerability here because I, I don't claim to be a professional podcaster, so obviously <laughs> we have our moments. But anyway, I'm blessed. Well, I just was sharing with David a minute ago that, um, thank you, that I came back from a weekend of refreshing and a lot of excitement, a lot of, well, it was called Women of Joy, so there was a lot of joy there. Thank you. And we got to hear some awesome speakers, and we got to be uh, refreshed by some great music, and just a good time in prayer, and there was probably about a hundred women that gave their life to the Lord, so I would say that would be the best part of that whole weekend, is seeing them Thank you. Seeing them um, give their life to the Lord. And I myself felt refreshed and encouraged. Got to go with some friends and family. And we just had a good time. It was good to get away. And good to spend some time with my grandkids. And we just had an awesome time. And I have to say thank you again to David for helping me with my... (laughs) My... um, I don't know what you call it, all my messes. Your humanity. My literal mess. (laughs) Your humanity. Your traditions of men. Yes, my humanity. Are you not going to tell the listeners about the mosh pit? (laughs) Okay, since you brought that up. Well, you left out the most important part. (laughs) He knows which is the most important part to me. This is bad. This is when you work with somebody that knows you better than, than you know yourself. So... Um, the cat's out of the bag. Phil Wickham was the entertainment. <sighs> That's the crowd, okay? So, <laughs> you have to imagine along with me. But he was the main headline entertainment. And there were some other singers, but yeah, they, they, he started singing, and there was a few people come out to take pictures, and I looked out there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going out there. And so, I went out, and I... Um, just kind of casually called it the mosh pit, but yes, I went out there and I was right up on the stage and and got to um, hear him speak and sing, and it was awesome. So anybody knows that I like him, and his music's just really ministered to me a lot in the past month or so. So it was really cool when I found out he was the music guest. I didn't know that when I accepted this invitation like six months ago. I didn't know, and so that was really cool. But yeah, I got to, I actually, <laughs> my arms are still sore. If that tells you how much I praised and worshiped, I, I literally like hurt and my throat was sore. So yeah, there you go. So what is the mosh pit supposed to be about? <laughs> Maybe we should ask my son. He's an expert on the mosh pits. Yeah. Um, well. I'm not sure Phil Wickham would have called it the mosh pit. <laughs> No, I just I just called it that. But no, there was okay. So that's the thing. 
I'm glad you brought that up because different people have a different idea of what that is. There was groups of women that got up there and they wanted selfies. And I just, I kind of shook my head, but, but that's okay. They wanted to get their picture taken. There's like little groups of two or three of them and they would turn their backs on stage. And I guess they were trying to like get him in the shot and get a picture of him with them. And I don't know what was happening there, but I was there to praise and worship. And man, I just wanted to hear the songs. And I just, you know, it was like, I went back every few minutes and talked to Macy and kind of checked her and made sure, you know, she was okay by herself because I just kind of abandoned her. <laughs> I just went up front and I was like... I love these songs. I just want to praise the Lord, and this is where I'm at. So that's what most of the people were doing. And then every once in a while, I would video part of the song just so I could have it for later because the live, it was so awesome. But my gig was I just want to be up front, distraction free, and worship how I wanted to worship. And that's that to me is about as close to heaven on earth as you can get. So I just want to say you should act your age, Carolyn. Sounded, wow. Sounded pretty harsh, didn't it? A little bit. Of course, you know me, and I, we wouldn't have gone into all of this uh, had it not That's been that age. I understood exactly where you well, were. I didn't, like, flip out or anything. I, 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 no, no. <laughs> then came two Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whoever, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. They've said that. He shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. This is Matthew 15, verse 1 through 9. There's nothing wrong with traditions. I, I, I think we live our life probably for the sake of some stability and some routine within the context yeah. of traditions. But when traditions become so important that you either lose sight of why you're doing it that way, or if you do it in such a manner that is disregarding that maybe it's time for something a little new, maybe the situation dictates you step outside of the tradition, the lines a bit, that we don't all freak out. And somebody doesn't look at you and say, you should just act your age, Carolyn. Or you should just be a Christian, David. Don't talk about such heresy. Don't talk about things that otherwise we've never done in the church. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about things that otherwise disconnects us from our history and our past. Because it's just real important. And we're just going to maybe... <laughs> say something like that, act your age, act like a Christian, mm -hmm. maybe we might excommunicate you from the church. However, if you don't listen, if you don't line up, if you don't behave yourself. I actually dreamed about this last night. I had no idea we were going to talk about this, but I actually dreamed about... Well, well God knew. <laughs> yes. 
I actually dreamed about, a, you're going to laugh, a church board meeting. And there was new members and there was old members. And I don't know these people. They were all strangers to me. But apparently in that dream, I knew them. But we were talking about traditions. And some of the people were upset. And they actually got up and went in another room. And they said, we're going to sit back here because we don't want to be out here with the people that had different ideas. And then there was, this, there was one woman that I actually knew. And she came in. She was a pastor's wife. And I was like, oh. And I was like... I was like, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here because, you know, she was younger and she, I knew that she would bring some different perspective. And she said, why don't you think I'm here <laughs> in my dream? And I was like, okay. So it was all planned that these people needed to hear some new ideas as far as that goes. And it was just, I, I just had to mention that because I thought that was so strange that I dreamed about this. And well, there's a time for everything, mm -hmm. so Solomon would have said, right, and a season for everything, mm -hmm. and this may be <laughs> the sign of the times. And and in this particular, so Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, at this particular moment, as Matthew's capturing it uh, within the sequencing, the chronology that he's presenting it in in the book of uh, Matthew, his accounting testimony of Jesus. Uh, the idea is, though, not only is this something that Jesus is coming to or bringing to a certain degree of awareness mm -hmm. to the Sadducees and Pharisees, uh, it's also a sign of the times. It's a sign of great change. Mm -hmm. There's a great transition taking place, and they were still living in the past. Mm -hmm. Even if the past quit working for them, or even if they lost sight of exactly why they were doing what they were doing, they were going to go ahead and do it. But when you lose sight of why you're doing it in that sort of way, that is hypocrisy. There's not integrity. Mm -hmm. And what is really then the determinant of whether there's integrity, it can't be just what you do, because what you do always follows what you believe. Exactly. And if you don't believe it in your heart, right. you can still do it, but mm -hmm. you do it with great hypocrisy mm -hmm. and with that great casualty. Mm -hmm. And you don't recognize the sign. Mm -hmm. You don't recognize the season mm -hmm. that you're in. A few podcasts ago, we talked about Jesus being the sign, and truly he was. And this is an epic moment, not only for them in their season, mm -hmm. in their time, the Hebrew people, but it's such a moment that it defines the human race. It's not just for a person, a people, a culture. It's for all humanity. And we as Christians know what that's about. But as much as we as Christians think we know what that's about, and I changed that. We know what that's about, and then we think we know what that's about. When you go to testing that, you're going to discover your belief, <laughs> whether your heart is really lined up with yep. the things that you're doing and understand why versus whether or not then that if it's not, uh, why not? Mm -hmm. Where have you lost your integrity? Where, where have you become a hypocrite? Mm -hmm. and, and I never really understood this entirely because it's a little mm -hmm. bit confusing uh, honor thy father and mother, and he that curses father and mother, let him die to death. But ye say, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift, but whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father and mother, he shall be free. That's what they say. He shall be free. 
And then Jesus says, Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you. So, what is that then? Yeah, it's about your mom and dad. And I've heard that from a lot of individuals who take that quite literally. And I'm not here to say that it's not something to be taken literally. They did the best they could. They got you to where you are. Maybe they didn't do anything at all. But even in that context, to honor a tradition or to at least honor the intention, even if they've done it poorly, horribly, terribly, even if they've not done it at all, I suppose maybe not specifically just for the person, mom or dad, the individual, but for the tradition itself. We need parents. We need structure. We need family. That's why God gave us the Old Testament word. But when you get to that point where you begin to realize these folks are not only dishonoring God, but they think that they're a gift to God. (laughs) Because somehow in all of that, they've mistaken. The hypocrisy has led them to a place of such blind leading the blind (laughs) that they failed to realize the real intention is of why they're there. It's not just because they're there and then they're like this great gift to the world. They're there because God put them there so that they might then otherwise say these things Mm -hmm. as Jesus was saying and wouldn't have necessarily required Jesus to come along and Mm -hmm. save them. Now, I know that's an irrelevant point because we need Jesus. From the very beginning, it's Mm -hmm. always been that we would need Jesus. Mm -hmm. We need Jesus. Not historically, past tense, present and future tense. We will always need Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, though, these individuals were right in the gap, too, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. What otherwise God had given to the Hebrew people for their sanctification, what John the Baptist had been preaching up until... Herod the Tetrarch, I think that's how you pronounce it correctly, Tetrarch, Tetrarch, up until Herod had his head mm-hmm. cut off and placed on a platter for the sake of his wife and his daughter, stepdaughter, I suppose. The idea, though, is that between John and Jesus is a great gulf mm-hmm. that will continue to divide if you don't understand the principle of not that you're a gift to God and that your job is to sort of line it all out or keep it to yourself or preserve it for yourself in that narcissistic sort of way just for the Hebrew people, just for the Hebrew people, just for us. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you do that, then you're saying, well, you you're know. You're Yeah, but, <laughs> because you're really not serving the intention. Right. And the intention is, is you've, mm-hmm. you've received any measure even if your folks didn't do a good job of it, it come from somebody, namely God, and he wants you to distribute that to others. Exactly. But when you go to hoarding it and keeping yeah. it just for yourself, you're mm-hmm. in trouble. Mm-hmm. And as much as, again, I think that was what Jesus was calling them out on, I think we need to listen to that today. Because during these really unsettled times, mm-hmm. These very trying times. Yeah. This great transition we're in right now. It could be said to be quite the same. You know, what was, what we hunkered down on, what Mm -hmm. was so much a given, what we took for granted even. Maybe that's part of it. We just take it for granted. 
all of a sudden we're realizing maybe these things aren't as immutable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe they're really not of God then. If, they're, if they can be changed in that sort of a way, mm-hmm. then maybe they're not so much of God. Maybe they've become traditions of men or commandments of men. Mm-hmm. But all that means too is they just lost the real power as to why they were even given in the first place. Does that make any sense? Yes, it makes me think that there's a possibility that we're unaware. <laughs> because as you're talking, I'm thinking, do I know, do I realize what is in front of me that could possibly not be right? So I'm, I'm curious, like I want to follow you on this, is, is there a possibility that there's things that we're unaware of? that we don't even know? Or do you think that we do know it and we just choose to not go there? Well, it was certainly right that the Word of God would feed 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14. Mm -hmm. But equally so, it's just as right that the Word of God is going to feed multitudes beyond the 5,000. The numbers were lessened. There was 4,000, I think, in the second. We'll get there in a minute. Right. But I'm not talking just about that. I'm talking about a great transition that even I think occurred in Jesus between when he said this to the Pharisees and when he fed the 4,000 in Matthew 15, which was the second great miracle that had to do with bread and loaves and fishes. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about... I guess context. We need context because we're still kind of chasing down an idea. But we've talked about on previous podcasts just this notion we can't be emotionally reactive. Mm -hmm. And then we said, but even so, as much intellect and rationality and reasoning is better than just being emotionally reactive. And why are we reactive? Because we're threatened somehow. Something scares us to death. Or death itself or the idea of something terminal in that sort of way is scary for us. But we can't react that way because we end up just then protecting ourselves. That is very selfish. It's all self-defense, fight or flight, kind of self-preservation. And there is a time and place for it. But you get to a place where you begin to realize not everything is a threat, particularly when you get to this idea of of thoughts Mm -hmm. or paradigms or worldviews or even people. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been given all the power, you need to lay down the weapon. You do not need to keep killing people and beating people right. up just because you got the power to do it. Right. But unfortunately, neuroses, as within psychological context, means that you really never enter into his rest. Mm-hmm. You're just constantly seeing everything as a threat. Well, the transition, the seasons, oh, they're changing so much. You're doing something that we didn't used to do. I'm really scared and frightened. The only reason I'm feeling good is because we've established, established, established this tradition. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel good. Don't come along and ask me to do something different. Act like a Christian. Act like a Jew. Act like mm-hmm. your, your age. But I think what we've set up to this point too is intellect and rationality is better than emotional operation solely alone. Right. But there's even something better. And it is truly the mind of God. Not only in word distributed, but in living word proceeding out of you. Mm -hmm. And last podcast, I believe it was, we did. We kind of looked at that first miracle and said, five loaves and two fishes. And I said, I think it's the Pentateuch or Pentateuch. Mm -hmm. You know, we had that little tomato, tomato thing going. 
And I said, you know, with that, maybe it's Old Testament, New Testament, maybe it's John the Baptist, maybe it's Jesus. I think here between that miracle and then the next one, in the context again of Matthew's chronology mm-hmm. as he's presenting it, all of a sudden something begins to happen, I believe, even in Jesus. Now, why do I say I believe even in Jesus? Because he's, he's right now, he's instructing the, the Sadducees and Pharisees, or the Pharisees, mm-hmm. and he's on point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's always on point, but right. he's certainly logically for us as we're reading it, as we're studying it, as we're taking it in. Yeah, this is the point. This is the point. There's going to be something really big that's happening here, and it's Jesus, and that's the sign. It's the season that we're in. It's, but it's more than that. It's a big change. and it's, it's not only for the individual. It's not only for the people. It's for the human race itself. It's for all of us. Mm-hmm. Sanctification, salvation for all of us. All of us who's ever been, is, and will be. It's for all of us. We know that. But I think even Jesus was kind of coming to some terms of that in a real-time sort of way. It's almost like when I was reading that, just the starting at verse one, I was just kind of reviewing that, and and then he, you know, he doesn't even answer their question, and he get, he starts right off by asking them a question, and what about you? And then he goes right into you hypocrites. And I was thinking it's kind of like the transition, like the lot, the lamb is becoming the lion. You know, he's. It's like. And you have to understand what I mean by this, but, you know, no more Mr. Nice Guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's starting to call them on stuff. I feel like that's part of his transition. I don't know if that's, if you agree with that or not, but I feel like he's starting to, like, he's going to call them out on stuff now. Well, and and certainly he is. And and Isaiah, and then he speaks of Isaiah, Isaiah. Uh, he speaks of Elijah, mm-hmm. and Elijah's already come. So, so the need to call them out is is just basically to say they've already been called out. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist right. made yeah. sure of that. And yes. I'm not saying Jesus wouldn't call them out, but he called them out in a different way. And you, I'm and the read. disciples don't even understand because then no. they they ask him what. Are, but it is a lamb about? to a lion sort of thing. But mm-hmm. it's not in physical dimension of power. It's right. spiritual. Yes. Yes. It's always the lamb, but out of the lamb comes yes, the lion. Exactly. And what we're going to get to right now, this passage, I believe, captures that very well. Matthew 15, beginning with verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now, there's plenty of places in the Bible where this concept of compassion, and where does that come up? We talked about that also last podcast. Where does that come from? In our, come up in our conversation right, right, today. Right. We talked about that last podcast. 
that's the difference, too, between the Pharisees and Jesus. He had a heart for the people. Right. But here's my question to you. Did he mean that? I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Did he mean that? Did he say that rhetorically? He did it. He did it, I believe, out of this compassion. She obviously wasn't of the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. And as much as, again, the phraseology is King James, who knows exactly what the word Jesus used? Was it accurately translated dogs? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it that it was at least somewhat close. Mm-hmm. I don't know, absolutely. I'm not a, a scholar of language in such a way to be able to say for sure. Well, but obviously, he was saying, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. That first feeding. The first miracle, that was for them. The Pentateuch and the two fishes. Mm -hmm. That was just for them, the house of Israel. Mm -hmm. Did he mean that? Well, he said it. I don't put on Do you think he meant it? I I was just thinking when I read this earlier, I went past our scripture, our text at where we were at, and I saw this after that, and I thought, man, this, this section of scripture has always been kind of difficult for me to understand because one of what Jesus said, your question, and then the disciples, I, you know, the miracles they just saw, they know he has compassion on people and then they want him to send her away. And, you know, I just, and obviously he did the, the miracle you, at the you, end, but he came, to, he came to save everyone. So, This is a little bit difficult. Well, here we go. But see, that's the thing he was saying to the Pharisees. You say you honor your father and mother, Mm -hmm. but you really don't. You say, Mm -hmm. oh, it's a gift. I'm a gift. Mm -hmm. I've got it all together. I've got this plan. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly we're going to not move too far off the tradition because the tradition is important because it's what established us. That's what got us here to this place. He has a plan. He has, I mean, he knows the end from the beginning. Like he knows what has to happen. But I do believe in human context. Jesus was telling them that though because he was saying, not because he wasn't aware, maybe the awareness was coming to him. I don't, maybe again, it's like Daniel. You know, the book of Daniel, that vision Mm -hmm. unfolded. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I said that last podcast, taking nothing away from Jesus. I'm just saying in his humanity, there must have been some consciousness that had to catch up with the conscience. There had to be some awareness, thought, that had to catch up with the real heart. And the heart's always the compassion. Compassion is love in action. So it's living word. But the word wasn't only given as in tradition, or for the intention of tradition. The word was given so that it would bring forth out of all of us a compassion that would not only take care of us and our own, but would allow us to minister to the world. Do you think he wanted her to to go there, to say yes, even the dogs eat the Well, crumbs? you could say that. I'm a good therapist. You're a good therapist. I, after the session, I'll take credit for anything. <laughs> Did I? They'll, they'll say when you were here last, when I was here last time. You said that, and I, I don't remember say that. But right. thank you very much. I'll take credit for that. I, maybe so, but I don't know. And this is the reason I, I even set it up in the sequence because the second feeding mm-hmm. wasn't just for the people of Israel. The second feeding was seven loaves mm-hmm. and a few fishes. 
The second feeding was for everyone. The second feeding was for the world. Mm -hmm. But it had to come from the heart. It couldn't come from the head because the head puts up resistance. And I think even for Jesus, Mm -hmm. there was a coming to awareness. Why do I say that? Peter walks on the water. That takes place Mm -hmm. between the first and the second. Uh, There are those that come for healing. They only could touch the hem of his garment. Why? I don't know. Maybe at that point, Jesus wasn't yet to that place where he was letting them fully have the heart. Maybe they didn't understand the heart Mm -hmm. in that way. But by the time that we get to, and Peter walked, and I say that already, Peter walked on the water. By the time we get to the second miracle, Jesus has gone up on the mountain again. They were bringing people to him right or left, right. <laughs> laying them down. Get this, laying down at the feet of Jesus. I thought, casting crowns. Mm-hmm. What are the crowns? That's the crowns. When people come to you and you minister to them out of compassion, out of the heart of God, not your tradition, not the way you think it should be, not even out of what might have been at some point because of your immaturity or youth, so to speak, or lack of really understanding of why we're here. We're not a gift to the world in that way. We're a gift to the world because God sent us here so that at this particular transition point between the old and the new, between the past and the future, there's a present. Jesus is always in the present, but it's in everybody's timeline. It's not just all humanity. When you're a kid, it's all about you. You can be selfish. You need people to take care of you. And even if you don't have parents to take care of you, we have to honor that. That's important. But there's a place along the way when you put away childish things. And you become an adult and you begin to realize, this thing is bigger than me. This thing is not about serving me. This thing is not about my neuroses. This is not about me being in control. It's not about me having the resources to do all this stuff and you don't. It's not about the haves and the have-nots. It's not about the two-class system. It's not about even telling people what to do. It's about empowering people so that they can have the relationship with God and understand it in a heart way Mm -hmm. so they might then operate not out of material provision but out of the supernatural Holy Spirit provision that would give them the power to feed thousands. And how many? (laughs) Seven loaves tells me it's innumerable. Seven is, ask a gambler, seven's a lucky number, but it's lucky because of its root, and its root is right here, we're reading it. Seven is that number that is infinity, it doesn't end. There's no lacking of bread, except that you would hoard it up for yourself. And I believe that when Jesus went up on the mountain and they were laying these people at his feet, In some ways, that was the crowns they were casting in the sense that then in the name of Jesus in the future, all those people, that's your your, your crown. Mm -hmm. Are you going to help them? Mm -hmm. Are you going to receive it? Are you going to give it to others? Are you going to share that with others? Are you going to share the gospel? Are you going to liberate them? Are you going to keep them in bondage? Oh, I'm a gift to the world. (laughs) Well, yeah, he could have said that, but he did not. And then I noticed that I like this where it says the people, verse 31 of Matthew 15, the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. And so then he says right after, he calls the disciples up and he says, I have compassion for these people. 
I mean, right there, you know, the, the people he could have easily, you know, I'm done. <laughs> but he wanted to tell the disciples that. I mean, I know they saw that, but he said it to them. And then he said, they've already been with me three days. They don't have anything to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse. And I, I, obviously it doesn't have to do with, you know, the, I mean, yeah, he wanted to fill their physical needs. But to me, he's telling them exactly what you just said. I love these people. I want to fill them, and then they can go. The people, the people praise the God of Israel. And then, of course, you mentioned the seven. They have seven uh, baskets left over, which is another thing of completion. And they had enough bread. And his disciples say unto him, When should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? Well, they were yet there. Mm -hmm. They were getting there. But they were yet there. And the Mount of Transfiguration has yet to happen, at least again in this kind of ordering as with Matthew. So, so this idea that they were not there, but Jesus was there. And if I can remind you, before the first feeding, John the Baptist's head was delivered on a platter. And Jesus come to that realization of it. And even Herod had asked, is this John the Baptist? who's been resurrected and Jesus went up on a mountaintop and he came off the mountaintop and out of that came a compassion. It was a significant moment. The traditions for sure at that moment for Jesus, I believe it was sealed. They were not going to suffice. There's none greater than John, but John was only able to foretell. And I believe genuinely so do living word kind of do mm -hmm. as much as he could do because he wasn't yet there but in yeah. that moment in the Jordan the two worlds came together yeah that wasn't his job I mean he wasn't and Elias he wasn't meant to be Elijah had come mm -hmm. and as much Elijah had come that was the word but the word was with Elijah he went up as a whirlwind of fire mm -hmm. and passed the mantle on to Elisha and, and so you can't miss, I mean, this is just prototypical. I mean, this is, you can't miss this messaging. It's throughout the Bible. It's layer upon layer upon layer upon. It's not us. It's God giving provision to us so that we might then take care of others. Mm -hmm. But the second feeding, he did the same thing. This was a significant moment, this woman. And so if it was ever cemented, it wasn't only cemented for the sake or crystallized or became so certain the compassion element materialized in such a, a way as to be so undeniably there and this calling so certain that when she came, Jesus said out loud what was going on. And not only for possibly all of us, but maybe for him, but even if it was just so that we would see it, that's still in his humanity. Mm -hmm. That's still important. But he went up on a mountain and then came this feeding. Mm -hmm. and, and I think with this then is our call. With this then is, this is, this is how you're transformed. This is how mm -hmm. out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is the compassion. And you said that. I have compassion on the multitude. That's why I think it's important right after, right after that woman and then he turns to the disciples and it's like, see, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want you to do. It's like he's being the example for them right after that woman to, to show them the transition between what he said to her and then what he's getting ready to do for the people. So I, I definitely feel like that's, 
I mean, the, the Bible is not, <laughs> Scripture is not just thrown together randomly and like, I hope you understand it. it it's all put together for a reason. So this, this section right after that and him telling his disciples, it says he called them to him. So he's like wanting to make this statement to them. I have compassion for these people. So uh, there's no doubt right after that woman, he wanted them to see this is different. This is going to be me showing compassion on these people, but I want you to do that. Like it's going to flow from us. It's not about us. So foundational, right? I mean, foundational, foundational mm -hmm. so many ways, foundational right. to the word of God. Again, living word of God, foundational to really what they would see on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah, mm -hmm. Jesus changed. Preparing them for that. From physical dimension, mm -hmm. just for the Hebrew people, to spiritual dimension for all of us. Out of our belly again shall flow those rivers of living water. Out of the throne of God shall flow those rivers. Casting crowns. This, this is what it's all about. This is what we've been able to do. We've been able to, to do in the same sort of way. Not out of my gift to the world, but out of God's gift unto me. Right. And in that, my Flips. service unto mm -hmm. the world. And to keep that within the context of service. Foundation. Mm -hmm. So here we go. So how do you know then that that isn't the season we're in now? How do you know then, and I'm asking that sort of literally, but also rhetorically, right. how do we, that'd be better, right? How do we know then that this isn't the same moment? How do we know then that this great upheaval in social dimension is really that kind of a dying to self and to recognize the difference between the traditions of men or the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The devil himself, the corruption of the word of God for selfish intention so that we don't have to die. And if we do, we're not going to die miserably so. Who cares about the rest of them? But how do we know we're not in such a moment as that now for such a time as this? And how do we know mm -hmm. that we're not supposed to or that we are supposed to let go of these things? Mm -hmm. Because it seems to me the things that are otherwise triggering so much in even the body of Christ, either to the extent of we're going to go out and we're going to fight them. We're going to, you know, reactively so. We're going to defeat the enemy. We're going to, who cares? You're an evil person. You're enemy. You know, under my feet, Satan, or those people who have gotten to a place where they don't care anymore. The, the, mm -hmm. the actual leaders who, well, really, it doesn't matter because none of this stuff is real. They're, they're preaching this in seminaries. Yeah. None of this stuff is real. Yeah. And maybe to some extent we're saying that the superficial isn't any more real than it is needful in the moment you're in, you know, the, the per present configuration. But the heart of God, the mind of God, as with heart dimension, the mind of Christ as with heart dimension, and this is the paradigm. Two great commandments. To know there is but one God serving with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and then love up. Those are the only things that are immutable. And maybe it is the only thing, but it's Old Testament, New Testament. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that's immutable is that out of our belly, <laughs> mm -hmm. out of us, 
God will release a power out of us, human vessels. There'll come a power when we are able to accept that and embrace it. But people aren't anymore. Well, I won't say that so globally. So not that transition. Are they prepared? Are we prepared? Are you prepared? Am I prepared for what God has set before me? Mm-hmm. Us. You. I guess we have to ask ourselves that. I mean, we have to search me, O oh God, and let Him examine our heart and see, are we... One, are we holding on to traditions? Are we are we a Pharisee? Do we need a wake-up call? You said that at the very beginning, and I was thinking, I heard somebody say the term gut check. She was getting ready to, a worship leader was getting ready to sing this hymn, and she was talking about the words were kind of, it's an old, old song, but it still, you know, makes you examine yourself. So perhaps we need to ask God to examine our hearts and see if we're even... There are we in the hypocrisy? That's when you said that about the culture of today. The biggest gripe I feel like is hypocrisy. People, well, they just say they're one thing, and there's not even in the Christian world. Angel of light, give the appearance. Yeah, and and it would be bad if you knew that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you did that because that'd be sociopathic. Right. That would be without any conscience. Your conscience right. would be against seared, mm-hmm. the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Antichrist, <laughs> Son of Perdition. Right. Remember that series, The Son of Perdition? Oh, how can we forget? Three parts. Yes. But at the same time, though, even as much, if we don't do that out of the real genuineness, mm-hmm. authenticity of the Holy Spirit, even if we do it somewhat innocently, even if we're fooled into it, we're no less accountable. You can say, well, God doesn't put hold you accountable to something you're not aware of. Fortunately, you're aware of it now. And you know when you're being a hypocrite. You know it. It's in your heart. It's your conscience. Mm-hmm. But you also know that if you're not ready to do it, you argue with yourself. You right. argue with your conscience. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't need to do that. I do all these other things. I'm a gift. I do all these other I'm a good person. You know, it's like the rich and ruler. I, I pray, I read the word, mm-hmm. I love my neighbor. <laughs> Go sell everything you have mm-hmm. materially. That could mm-hmm. be money, could be land, could be just you. Mm-hmm. And give it to the poor. Are we prepared to do that? And, and I don't like how our world is turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And I have those reactions and reactionary moments in my life too where it just makes me angry. And I can see evil for evil. Mm-hmm. But I have to check myself. Because really all this stuff they're doing is really biblical. Why are we holding it for ourselves? I don't want somebody to steal it from me. But the answer to that is give it away. Right. I mean, that's the answer. Right. You, you can't, nobody can steal anything you've given away. Mm-hmm. Nobody can take anything from you you've given freely. But if you've really truly freely received, why not freely give? Why would you hold back anything unless you're thinking like the disciples? There's such a great multitude. We surely in this desert place. No, we do. We have the loaves. We have the fishes. Mm-hmm. And maybe it seems like a few, but it's back 
backed by, foundationally, not only the Word of God, but the Spirit of God that lives within us. And if we align without that hypocrisy, with that, again, integrity, mm -hmm. if we align ourselves with the Word, we become one with the Word, we embrace the Word, even in an intellectual, it starts there. Well, we've got to go further. That just prepares us, so to speak, logistically, to really operate in it. Because otherwise, you're going to be fighting with yourself every step of the way. Well, I cannot help but think, and we talked about it on several podcasts ago, but I cannot help but say, Jonah, lest we don't want to go there, we don't want to share it, maybe we think, oh, they don't deserve it. Hmm. <laughs> Now, there's something to think about. It's a judgment. I'm telling you, but I... But where that judgment we is... We hear it. I'm, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christian circles. I know, that we're better somehow than others. And he didn't want to go. He didn't He didn't like them. And, and but that's God selfishness. still had the, the, the love, the message was still for them. And I'm going to give him that. that that's Old Testament... Yeah. And everybody at some point begins, I think, with a bit of that. that. That's what I'm saying. The intellectual, you know, we go there because we think, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like Jonah and decide who I want to share my love with and who I don't. Well, we should be at a point where we realize if God's given us anything, and that includes not only me, you, mm -hmm. uh, but the country we live in, the culture that we have. It's not so that we would hoard it to ourselves right. and keep it. We need to give it to the world. Now, should right. you have an open border? I don't know. I mean, that that is really where you've got to separate where the tradition mm -hmm. of men and the real heart of God, mm -hmm. where those things, not everything is permissible, but not everything is expedient. Beneficial. As Apostle yeah. Paul says, yes. I'm not sure we should just do it this way, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's the same message. Are we going to feed the world? Are we really going to feed the world? Mm -hmm. Not just say we're feeding the world, right. but really feed the world. Mm -hmm. Are we going to eliminate any sort of place for the devil if that is in hypocrisy or if that is in such compartmentalization? Mm -hmm. Disconnect between mm -hmm. heart, soul, and outward sign appearing as angels of light, but really inside we're just evil. And Jesus did that too about their washing of their hands. I didn't read that, but right, that's in right, these right. same passages, I think 15. Yeah. You know, if I the, uh, the, that's what I said. He didn't even go there. He didn't even answer the question. Yeah, the Pharisees said, right. they didn't even wash their hands. Yeah. And Jesus said, you fools. Uh -huh. He didn't say you that. But it, yeah. it was kind of that messaging. Yeah. You guys, you, this is how far away from all of this. It's not what goes in, because what goes in comes out in the draft. It's what proceeds from the heart. But it's a great discerner of the intent of the heart. Piercing, dividing us under a soul and spirit, joy and morrow. The, the a word of God is sharper than a two that's two-edged sword. That's Old and New Testament. Mm -hmm. If you aren't really aligned with Jesus, you're not going to find his rest. You're not going to have Hebrews 4. Advocate with the Father. You're not going to enter into suffering. You're not going to rightly enter into the communion with him. It's a gut check time. Mm -hmm. And I think we just need to realize that. Mm -hmm. This is our time. It's our moment. It's our season. I don't want to get caught up in the tradition so much or in my need for the tradition to somehow make me feel good or support mm -hmm. me or right. give me the right to say, well, look at, look at me, I'm right, a right, gift. Right. That I miss it. 
But I do believe that that's a good bit of why most people come see me and you. Mm-hmm. And they're caught up in all this stuff. Yeah. And they can't sort it out because all this leads to is death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. this is, Confusion. <clears throat> you're going to give up even. Yeah. Your heart's going to become so hardened. You're going to give up and you're going to have any reason then for going through all this. Either they're going to take it from you or you're going to give it to them. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it's going to be. And if you give that to them and you give it as with out of God motive, out of the Holy Spirit, with the leading, it's a much different result or outcome. Yeah. But if you keep it to yourself, then you're going to go down being nothing but selfish, self-absorbed, self-centered, and self-righteous. Isn't that crazy, though, that people find that unusual? Like, they, they're they shocked by that? I, to me, that's just... Like, why are you surprised by that? Because <laughs> I, I had somebody the other day and we were talking about doing, um, taking care of somebody and doing and providing some things and doing something to help somebody. And I said, well, this you know person hasn't really personally helped me. I said, well, the thing of it is, and I just kind of blurted it out. I said, I'm not going to base whether I helped them or not on whether they, they ever did anything for me. And the other person was like, oh. Why are you surprised by that? <laughs> Since when did we get to be that it has to be, you know, this tradition rules, it has to be a certain way. I just, I, I don't know. I was taken aback by that. And I, I just thought, this is how I feel like we're supposed to live. Jesus did not keep a registry of who he healed and who he didn't and and who deserved it and who didn't. I just, I don't know. I, I really kind of <laughs> was. So know. what was the dream? Right. Daniel's dream, to Nebuchadnezzar, clay feet. Mm-hmm. All this is built upon clay feet. But don't get caught up in the top portions, the superficial. Yeah. Because at the bottom is all, all clay feet. Come down. But if it's sanctified, mm-hmm. if it's filled with the Holy Spirit, there'll be destructions. There'll be all of this taken away from you. Again, going back to the Babylonian exile, the Medes, the Persians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerusalem, Israel, the going back and reestablishing Jerusalem, uh, Judea, Judea, uh, all of that. It's still us today. And do I want to be Nebuchadnezzar? Do I want to understand Daniel's dream is really for all those that are lost, he's one of the first evangelists. Mm-hmm. For all those that are lost, he's trying to explain this is the way of the world. Mm-hmm. But it's not the way of the world in a bad way. It's the way in the world of a righteous way. God's way. Yeah. And God's right. righteous way is, if you think you're much better than me, then go at it. If you think you're much better than me, then go do it. But in the end, yeah. <laughs> the only thing immutable is, if you didn't listen to my voice... Mm-hmm. If you didn't do it with compassion for one another, if you didn't serve me with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit, which really is the soul, which is really the heart of the person, mm-hmm. it's not going to amount to anything. Wood, right. hay, and stubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the dross. It's the purification. Mm-hmm. It's the sanctification that matters. So what is your dream? What was your dream last night? It, there was various different people from different churches and they were talking about traditions and I don't know that they were like having conversations about it but I knew that they represented different times 
and that things were changing and they didn't like it. And, and I will, I didn't say this earlier, but there was a children's story that had some, (laughs) some colorful words that was added to it. And I knew that wasn't there in the original text. And I was shocked by that. And I, I remember saying, this is the world. This is like, this is what they've done to the original thing. They've, you know, they've made it um, what they want it to be. And it's not a representation of the original. Now it's this. And they were all just so taken aback by that. But I was like, well, this is what we're dealing with now. This is the world we live in now. And instead of like removing yourself, from, which that's, <laughs> they literally removed themselves. They went in another room because they couldn't be with it. And I just, I, I heard somebody say that um, this morning, they were talking about a, they were advertising a podcast and they said, you know, it's beautiful to serve the Lord, but it's also messy in that Jesus went to those people. He was with them. He came down in, a, in the manger. He came down to our humanity. And so lest we like become like the Pharisees and we don't want to get dirty and we don't want to like break our traditions because heaven forbid that might be, you know, something might happen. Someone might get saved (laughs) that, you know, we become like them. I I just remember in that. And I was so grateful for that one person that came in and I said, I said, oh, it's a good thing you're here. And she said, why do you think I'm here? And it was kind of, it was almost like, I don't want to say like Jesus walked in the room, but it was like, like a breath of fresh air because I I couldn't, it was so tense. All that tradition was so tense. It was the strangest dream I've ever had. I've never had a dream about a board meeting, but that was just the strangest dream that I just, it was very awkward to be in the middle of that, seeing people struggle with the, with the tensions of old, with the now, and what are we going to do about it? You can't just leave the lost. You can't just look at them and be like, oh, you poor people. Feed, feed the thousands. We have to be willing to go there. Yeah. And even Jesus, you know, the woman with the, the bread crumb, the dog's crumbs from the table. I mean, what happened right after that? He called the disciples yeah. and said, I have, see, I have compassion on them. Yeah. And then he fed them. And then he fed, and then he literally did it. Yeah. So we, we can't just say it, too. We have to literally do it. So I think as much any of that might Sorry, represent go in some days. dimension. Well, I ask. Yeah. Some dimension of vanity with all the board and the traditions <laughs> yep. and all that stuff. And it's not your vanity. It's just vanity of vanities. It's just a human condition. Right, yeah. You can try to make it look good. You can try to order it mm-hmm. out of some sort of even noble sort of aspiration. Yes. But the only way that it really is going to be right and righteous in the way that God would make it right and righteous is with that compassion and a submission to the word of God, which maybe isn't always going to be aligned with what that looked like Mm -hmm. or submitting in the past. It may be a completely different way to submit, Yes, but we're submitting to the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're submitting to the voice inside Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. We're submitting to God as our father and our parent. And we're listening to what he says. And we're not a gift unto him. He gives us all right. things. Right. But he doesn't hold that against us. He doesn't hold that as himself even better. Because he sent his son as the podcast you were talking about mm-hmm. that you listened mm-hmm. to. He sent his son Jesus who we're speaking of today. And yeah. Who is God himself. Yeah. 
to be amongst us mm -hmm. so that we might receive. Mm -hmm. But that's our calling, and that dream should be everybody's. They may not dream it exactly the way you did, but that should be the theme. Why do I say that with such confidence? Because it's the Bible. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. It is the Word of God. And more than that, the Bible, the Word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it is the mind of God, mind of Christ. It is the Holy Spirit yes. that has brought that forth. And when we do our counseling, I think that's the intention, is to help people cut through all the clutter. Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about in previous podcasts too. Garnish the house, but don't go back out and go right back to the same old stuff and bring right. seven more spirits right. in and try mm -hmm. to bring it all back in there. You're going to end up with a mess again. Mm -hmm. Carolyn, I'm glad you had a dream. <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, I think even you said, and you, you touched on it, you said even with noble intention. So I think we, we should point that out too, that sometimes we do those things with good intention, but that's still not the right intention. That's not the right motive. Because I, I feel like I was even at a point in my life like that when I, when I had Christ um, first come in my life and I just became this ravenous student of the Word, but it, it was just knowledge and I, and believe me I was happy about that but that's not that's not Didn't anything say, until it comes it. down yeah, in my right. heart and then I'm living it out and and I wasn't doing it to be a Pharisee I wasn't doing it to be a know-it-all but even the noble intention isn't going to get it and that may be where the Mount of Transfiguration mm -hmm. really comes back in and we may go there we've talked about that previously I'm not sure where God will lead us mm -hmm. maybe you need to have another dream <laughs> And then you can then you can confirm what God's been leading <laughs> me with too. In the meantime, how do they get hold of us? All right. Well, the best easiest way is give me a call at 304-528-9220. I say give me a call, give us a call at Covenants. You can email us if you don't feel comfortable calling um, at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. Some people are writers. My husband would much rather send an email than call somebody. Um, and then you can also go online, covenantsonline.com, or check out our Facebook page under Covenants. And as of course, I'm going to do better about mentioning our podcast. <laughs> you can always come back. You can always come back. To what? To what is Covenants? What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling yes. Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. In the meantime, again, another meantime, mm -hmm. be blessed. <laughs>